following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Big Steve, remind us again, uh, what was today's high near? 87. And the low around? 62. Tomorrow's high near? 90. Tomorrow's low around? 65. Right in that area, in the neighborhood. It's a pretty good week. Yeah. It's going to be great. But I just, I always forget how hot close to 90 degrees really is. When you go outside, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit warm. Now you say that, but then after you get off of like a weekend of 100 plus, 90 like, feels damn good outside. Give me my light jacket. Live in Alaska. I will say. Alaska's eight, expensive. Them 82s and 83s were feeling mighty fine a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, especially when low humidity, oh, you got to yeah. breeze. Oh. Yeah, you'll t- yeah you'll take it, especially in August, and we're approaching yeah. September. But August is usually like just hell, brutal. Colorado, Colorado May, right there was yes. like, that felt yes. like mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh God! Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Big Steve is running the board today. We have a full house and on the show today. Cut up an hour two. It's our last Tuesday press press conference with Coach. We're a game. Isn't this Saturday? Next week will be a little bit different. But he told us during his press conference today that it's kind of like a mock week for them. Gave us some really good news on the, I guess, injury list. A nice update on Khalid Duke, which we'll get to that as well. Ryan Hyatt, Texas Tech preview is coming up in the second hour. My top ten is just a few minutes away. But, guys, I think first we need to talk about depth. Depth. Hmm of K-State football. I think over the last couple of weeks, the narrative has changed. Two weeks ago, we thought, all right, offensively, at running back, you have Deuce Vaughn and everybody else. Yeah. But maybe the top guy on that everybody else would be Anthony Frias, who has the Juco reps under his belt. And the coolest K-State family from California I think we've ever seen in our lives. They're so K-State. Yes. And then maybe DJ Giddens, maybe Jordan Shippers. I I, I would have probably put Jordan Shippers at that third string position. Defensively, we're thinking safety like, well, they did a lot of the transfer portal. There's a lot of new guys. You know, maybe they'll figure out a starting three. But we could probably predict who that starting three was just based off experience. Linebacker, you felt very good starters. Backing them up, a, a reliable two deep, and then after that, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. And then defensive line, that's where the studs are going to be. Mm-hmm. That is where K State is going to tear it up, and that's where K State is going to make the most plays because there's a lot of stars there. Mm-hmm. And then the corners, kind of like linebackers, you know who's starting, you know they're solid, you know they're good. Behind them, a bunch of young guys. Uh-huh. A bunch of young guys. I think things have changed a little bit since then. And we'll, we'll kind of break it down over the next 10 minutes about exactly what that means. But first, I want to play the clip of what Coach Kleiman said early in the press conference just about how deep he feels this team is right now. 
the amount of guys that we feel can contribute is more this year than it's been in the last couple of years. We went through a, a depth chart on special teams in here yesterday, and we have three and four deep at some spots that uh, we're going to be able to play some young guys to find out if they're ready for offense and defense by what they do on teams. I'd say we're getting closer to who are those 16 to 18 guys that are going to take the lion's share of the reps. But position battles, we're going to split time at a lot of spots. So when he said he feels like the team, and Coach Kleiman said he feels like the team is deeper than what they have been the last couple of years, I automatically start making that connection to the 2019 season, the first team that Coach Kleiman had at K-State. I mean, first game in, that was against Nichols, if I remember correctly, saw a lot of rotating, Mm -hmm. a lot of guys in and out. Let me turn the mics back on. Sorry about that. Uh, not just defensively, but offensively as well. Heck, we saw like six wide receivers run into the game on the first possession, it felt like. And we saw five or six wide receivers throughout the season. I think you could definitely see that this year. I think there's no doubt. We'll, we'll see five guys or six guys. And then going back to that 2019 season, heck, you have a couple of guys on the depth chart in the two deep that are still on that two deep. Their first string guys are going to return your kicks and punts, and they're going to be your two top receivers predicted, unless R.J. Garcia has something to say about that, but Malik Knowles and, and Phillip Brooks, who were on the 2-D back in that 2019 season. And by the way, Coach also mentioned, it was like brought up as like, uh, I think Kellis asked about the returners, you know, Phillip and Malik. Is there anybody else? He's like, well, I hope it's Phillip and Malik. They've been the returners <laughs> since I got here. Uh, which, I actually, I think it was just Phillip Brooks. Like, Phillip Brooks was actually, I think, the guy that was returning kicks. Yeah. And I think Malik Knowles ended up in that role later on in the kick return. I think starting out, I think it was just Phillip Brooks. It's crazy to think I, about. I, I want to go double check that. But I think where the biggest turn is, has been made is the secondary. When we talk about depth, the secondary has a new narrative. Because if you look at the safety position, yes, they did do a lot of recruiting to fill a lot of spots. They're replacing all three stars, and T.J. Smith, I think, is going to be the one that is looked upon to being the leader. He has been at K-State. A lot of these other guys have not. Kobe Savage, this is his first year here. Uh, Josh Hayes, it's not his first year with Chris Kleiman. He used to play at North Dakota State, went to Virginia Tech, and now he's here in Manhattan. Has a ton of experience, but he's never played for Kansas State yet. And so... T.J. Smith, who had a couple of interceptions last year, yeah, he should be that guy. But it turns out we're a little bit deeper at safety than what we previously thought because the coaches and whoever it is, if it's Joe Klanderman or Van Malone or Chris Kleiman, I mean, it seems like just a number of guys are being shouted out all the time. Drake Cheatham is a great example of that. V.J. Payne, Jordan Perry, newcomers, these are true freshmen that are being talked about when it comes to the depth rotation. So, first of all, compliments to the 2022 recruiting class because not only transfer portal, I mean, you don't you don't go into the transfer portal getting certain guys and not play. I mean, they're going to play. They're going to be in that rotation. Be Most of them will be. Some do not, we've, we've learned, but it's very few guys. Very few guys that don't end up in, a, in some sort of rotation. And so, all of a sudden, you feel like, man, there should be, and it's not that, okay, I'm just shouting out a bunch of names. These are guys that could play. I uh, can't really tell you starting three yet, but, you know, we're going to work some guys out. No, there's going to be five or six guys that are all pretty good that have proven themselves in practice so far that they can play, 
that they're going to go out and play some and play some great football for you and be reliable, and they feel like they're strong at least too deep there. At the cornerback position, again, Echo Boido, Julius Prince, studs, mm-hmm. next-level studs. And it's a good chance it's our last year with them. I, I, I've lost track. When I see senior, I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What, yeah. what does senior mean? Does that mean <laughs> last year of eligibility? <laughs> or he's going to get two senior days? Yeah, no, no, no. That doesn't mean anything anymore. At least not until, what, 2025? Right. I mean, essentially, given the way that the NCAA managed COVID. Handing out those extra years of eligibility. How many guys are just sick to their stomach just watching this go? You know, unfold? They're like, God, why didn't I have a pandemic? You know, it's funny because we mocked a quarterback at UNC who played for six seasons because he lost two to injuries very early on in the two seasons. And, you know, so everybody was mocking him for, well, first of all, being the Terminator, uh, <laughs> because at that point he had, you know, plates on his right shoulder and all of that. So they joked that he could easily be uh, be Arnie. But then the second thing is that, you know, six years. My God, six years, man. Get his doctorate. Yeah. Now you're talking about guys getting seven. But behind Echo... And Julius Brent's pretty young. They're pretty young. Yeah. Inexperienced. But what we heard from Coach today, and this was also echoing what Van Malone said last week, that at corner, yes, they're young, but there's some depth. And, I mean, at corner, K-State should be in great Mm -hmm. shape for a long time. Here's what Coach Kleiman said about the depth at corner today. Omar Daniels is a redshirt freshman, missed a lot of his freshman years playing playing well, taking some snaps away from those two older guys to give him some, some reps. Jacob Parrish, a true freshman, we think we'll play him. He's a guy that is just going to continue to get better, uh, but the stage has not been too big. We have Justice Clemens, we have Jordan Wright, we have a lot of guys that were still in the mix. So Jacob Parrish has been mentioned now twice in the last couple of weeks. Another uh, another cornerback that was mentioned last week, I think, by Van Malone was Colby McAllister, who's another newcomer. So we're having so many guys mentioned in the 2022 class. It doesn't matter if they're true freshmen or they're a, a JUCO transfer, they're a you know transfer from somewhere else. You know, they came in to play Power Five football, or they're from a different Power Five school, like. Um, like Sean, uh, oh my gosh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? I knew I would do this. Um, Sean Robinson. I almost said Sean Jackson. Sean Robinson. I'm getting a mix up with Crew Jackson for some reason. But this 2022 class preseason is already looking excellent. Rad. And, and we're just getting started there. As a matter of fact, I wanted to pull up the class. And I, I should have done this before the show, but I wanted to count up Exactly how many of these guys we know for sure are going to play, the transfers for sure, most of them, but like the true freshmen who are going to play, well, we've already had three or four. Jake Clifton. Jake Clifton is another guy who is from uh, Council, or I'm sorry, he is from, um, oh, now I lost my spot. I did it again. Oh, uh, he's from Oklahoma, Owasso, Oklahoma, but he's a linebacker who might be able to work his way in at early on in this season and get some playing time. There's going to be some true freshmen because of the redshirt rule that we're going to see on the field, and we, we could definitely see them early on the field. And then the coaches will make the decision, okay, are we going to continue to play them? Are they that good? Do we need to play them? Or 
They got their four games. Are we just going to sit them? That That is such a dramatic change, and I don't think that we've been able to really discuss the impact that that has on rosters enough because right after that change went into effect, we went into the COVID era, and so we've been seeing a, rosters be adjusted throughout because of what the NCAA has put in place in terms of that extra year because of, of COVID, but that the four games and still being able to maintain a red shirt is a huge, huge rule because it gets guys on the field and you can get a real assessment of them. And it also helps out if you're in a situation where your depth isn't good and you have to utilize someone because of injuries. And yet they can come back and next year still be a redshirt freshman uh, having played in the four games, but you were able to get a good game out of them in one case because someone was down and you needed a body. Yeah, I guess the uh, the situation, though, is maybe the hard part about it is managing it. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. Knowing who's right there at the four games, who you can't play anymore, and who yes. does have that eligibility left. I'm, somebody, well, somebody has an Excel file that keeps track absolutely. of all that. KU and quarterback last year, burning the red shirt late in the season. You know that they would have loved to have been able to have their quarterback not be in that situation, but because of injuries and ineffectiveness, they found themselves having to pull the red shirt. We laughed at them. But unfortunately for them, that's how the, the you know they tried to manage it right. It just didn't pan out. Now try to find something for Jason Beam to do. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Jason. They're going to find you a job. Lackluster Lance. They'll find something for you. <laughs> it may be the Jalen Daniels show now. Yeah, but late Bean. season they've always got like four or five guys in the bullpen ready to roll. I swear to God, if you gave me a hundred bucks, I couldn't name. Who the start their starting quarterback was three years ago? I, I have no no clue. Now we are going to see K State's depth transition even further as we get into the season because we will see guys get more playing time out of it out of the rotating because they're proving themselves and guys will lose some snaps. That's just the progression of okay, this guy's pretty good. He's clearly better than the guy that's battling for his position. We still want them both to play because we're trying to keep guys fresh. Right. I mean, that's been installed as part of this program in 2019. Rotate guys in, keep guys fresh, don't need everybody playing every single down. Now, defensive line on the nose guard. I mean, you got Eli Huggins, who's one of the best, if not the best, nose guard in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. But behind him is a guy who is, has, in D. Hints, has earned the playing time, but he's not as good as Eli Huggins. Eli no longer has Timmy Horn playing with him, where they could split up more time. It is going to be those two at the nose guard, but Eli is going to get most likely is going to get for sure the majority of the snaps. Mm-hmm. But behind them, again, it's uh, I know there's been many names thrown out there, and that's another position that's been thrown out where it's a couple of young guys or one young guy, and one transfer who's a junior in, in uh, Uso Samalo, but a Manhattan High guy. Damian Ela Leo has been shouted out a lot the last couple of weeks yeah. as maybe possibly being a third-string, fourth-string guy at nose guard who is an up-and-comer as well. So depth, I mean, telling us a story that even after this season, K-State should be pretty good shape defensively. So I'm liking those... 
that's one spot. Nose tackle. You know what I'm saying? Like that bodes well, I think, when you when we can put the microscope all the way down on this one position, but around the defense everywhere. They've got guys are shouting out at every single position. What a put what a spot for a K State to be in. Where I mean, you brought up the guy from Virginia Tech that transferred. Josh I, Hayes. I forgot about that guy. Mm-hmm. They've done such a great job of recruiting all off season that we forgot about a guy. And I mean, he most really. likely, well, this will be his only year with K State. It's uh, he's going to probably start at free safety. Yeah, wow. very. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. You know, like I, I am so excited for this, and 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 one of the many reasons is depth. Well, and depth is a great thing. Mm-hmm. However, when and I'm a, I think K State has a chance and should be top three, top four defense in the Big Twelve this year, if not fighting for the best. Uh, but that that'll be tough. But I don't think of depth as being that reason. I think of just really who's chalked in as being starters. Yeah, there's enough star power at all three levels to tell you that yeah, there's some really good pieces here. Absolutely, there's some really good pieces. We're just thinking of those pieces as. The success of the team. We're not kind of filling in the spots and also thinking of who's backing them up as being a part of that success. Right. So it's kind of funny how that works, but just remember that behind those guys are also some pretty talented kids. Some players. Also some pretty talented kids that the coaches are high on this yeah. uh, upcoming season. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, it's my top 10 list of the week next. Our phone number is 785-537-1350 if you want to chime in on what we're talking about today. A lot of football talk. It's pretty much all football talk until we get to the uh, the real segments, the reason you all tune in, and that's to hear number one song of the day and ask us anything. Yeah. I can't wait. Is, uh, is the number one song pretty good today? Uh, it's actually a pretty newer song. Actually. Like it's uh, yeah, in the last decade. Nothing Haven't done many f- of those. Yeah, we usually get the fifties and sixties. Dick Steve was telling me before the show that uh, this was a song that I picked out. He was actually planning to have it for us in two days for Do They Know It. So he's had to change it up a little bit. Wow! Kid you not. Went to pull up everything to get ready this afternoon. I looked at the number one song. I'm like. That's hilarious because wow. I already downloaded it, pulled it, ready to go for Thursday. I oh could have, I would have nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely, I I'm glad I board up today. So DQ'd quickly. When we play this song, I'm going to quiz you two. Can you tell me the name of the song and the artist? Okay, just to see if you Some can get pre it. Pre, do they know it? Before, do they know it? Yes. Rick D's and his usual <laughs> gang of idiots. Okay. <laughs> Disco Duck. Disco Duck. duck. <laughs> Are you guys ready to get to my top 10 this week? Yeah. Hit me. So, uh, you guys need to stop yelling at me, I swear. Sorry. Derek Young did a list like this. Is I mean, same topic, but mine's a little different. Of the most important players for K-State in the year 2022. Not the best players, the most important players to have a successful season for the 2022 season. So he did his about a month ago, and this is a kind of list where if you ask me what it is tomorrow, it might be slightly different. Most likely it is different. It's just how I feel at this moment right now, the top 10 most important players for K-State in 
the 2022 season. And believe me, this was a really tough list to put together. Number 10. The hard part about it was uh, the order. Mm -hmm. Uh, But number 10, I'm going at linebacker. I'm going Will Honus. I've said many times on this show about how important he is to the depth of linebacker and how good he can be when he is healthy. He's hasn't played football in nearly two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had a history of injuries, but when he's healthy, he comes through for K-State. He is going to be important on that weak side of the defense for the linebacker position. He's a big guy. He's he's very strong. Mm -hmm. Very strong. So K-State feels like they are solid, too deep, but that's the kind of guy you also don't want to lose. No. You don't want to lose a linebacker. That's a position because, and Chris Kleiman said it earlier today, and I think Troy was about to mm-hmm. say this, that uh, he was asked, you know, if there was a position you just don't feel as confident in when it comes to the depth, he said linebacker because they're just really, uh, they're really young. Inexperienced. Yeah, inexperienced uh, behind the 2D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there that would be the one area that there is a depth concern. And that puts a lot on Daniel Green, but that also puts a lot on someone like Will Honus, who has experience, but is coming off of injury. Number nine. Number nine is one of my favorite players on the entire team, Eli Huggins, your nose tackle, who we just mentioned moments ago as being one of the best nose tackles in uh, the Big 12, which is a pretty big reason why I want him on this list. But he is a muddy the waters type of guy. He is a trench wrecker. And we remember our reaction to finding out that he was coming back excited. There wasn't many of last year's team that could announce that they were coming back for their last year of eligibility that would get more positive, excited reaction than Eli Huggins. And him having a strong season will complete the defensive line's legacy. It will complete his legacy. It will complete his legacy as well from being an incredible, reliable nose guard for K-State during his entire run with the Cats. No doubt about that. And he is an important part of this team, no doubt. I, there's no doubt in my mind a K-State defensive line without him is – is weaker. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely weaker, Oof. and that's taking in consideration what they have on the two ends. There's no doubt. All right. Number eight. Number eight. I'm sure a lot of people at wide receiver would go R.J. Garcia because of the hype, potential, and him being so young and having all that hype and potential. I'm going Malik Knowles. Special teams comes into play with him. He had two kickoff returns for a touchdown last year. He is a dynamic kick returner. No doubt about that. But I, I don't like I don't like how he only has 1,142 career receiving yards in 37 games. I don't like that. That's crazy. He averages 31 yards a game. I know for a fact he's better than that. I know for a fact he could have a big year. What has been holding him back is inconsistency. And if we can get Malik Knowles that we had in the bowl game, and we've had it for a couple of years where he has turned it on at the end of a season, if we can get that Malik Knowles at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, for a year, he could be huge. Right. That could be gigantic for K-State's offense. 
to have a consistent Malik Knowles. And I think it's his last year again. The senior thing, I lose <laughs> right. track. Right. Um, <laughs> no, he signed a six-year deal last year, so he'll be, he'll be here for a while. <laughs> I want him to have a huge year like we all yeah. think he can have year after year. Yeah. How much of that, though, as well, plays into what the offense has been? where wide receivers weren't targeted nearly as much as maybe they will be given the change in offensive coordinator? Well, let's let's keep it – okay, so, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great point. Um, first of all, you have Deuce Vaughn. And who There's said, also that, who, yeah. Who said it a couple of weeks ago, like, well, smart coaching is giving the ball to yeah, Deuce Vaughn. It, right, and, and in fact, it's a point I made this afternoon in, in talking with someone about Adrian Martinez – you know, hey, he he may struggle at times. There may be that, but you know, at the at the very end of it, you can still hand the ball off for sure. But he, there's been a number of things that has hold, has held him back. One, he's had issues with some injuries in the past. That's mm-hmm. that's one. Two, dropping footballs uh, early in 2020 was dropping what should have been touchdowns or have stronger hands and just like just getting separation on routes. Like maybe effort has an issue has been a part of that as well. I mean, if those, if these not the injury part. I mean, sometimes that's just kind of sure. Most of the time, it's clearly out of uh, yeah. Welcome, welcome to a control. physical game. Yeah, but uh, it's 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 the fundamentals. Like just some of the fundamental stuff. Correct those issues, and we get Malik Knowles, who is confident, playmaking. 100% effort every single time. He's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it in him his whole career. He just has to get over that hurdle. The He has to get over the consistency hurdle. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. what's holding him back. Yeah, you know a guy like Malik Knowles? I mean, he who was talking about Terminator earlier? He looks like a Terminator. When he walks around, and then when he's on the field, he looks amazing. I wish they could have some of these former K-State wide receivers that made it to the next level – I hope I I don't know if they ever have done this, but they need to talk to Malik Knowles and say, "We know this is your goal to get to the league, of course, but in the league you have to bring it every day, every practice, every film session, every time you have to bring it. You don't just get there and then it's over. You got to bring it all the time and start that kind of mindset. Or now, let's go. He needs a push." Because he can be great. He could be so much better than he is, and he's still a great athlete. It's my top ten list yeah. of uh, most important players for K-State football 2022. I'll keep this next one short. Number seven. Daniel Green. Oh. I, I needed him on my list, and I, I already went linebacker, but Daniel Green's the Mike linebacker. That is the quarterback of the defense. Uh, in a 3-3 defense, he is the guy. He's going to shut out all the instructions, and, uh, and he is a leader. And, again, senior who has been on the two deep since 2019, plenty of experience. But, I mean, numbers and just experience aside, he has clearly gotten better every year he has played football. Yes. Every year. And last year he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I mean, his tackling confidence, confidence was through the roof last year. Uh, wreaking havoc in the backfield was the best he's ever been. Go ahead. Playing with confidence, but also having to learn where that line was. Well, yes, I, getting ejected from a couple of games, yes. Yeah, but I, I, you know, that was also he was victim of the rule. Also, I, I don't argue that. I'm just saying that he had to learn where the line was. Right, the hard way. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Remember, I'm the guy who has seen a quarterback thrown out of a game for targeting before. <laughs> Number six. Number six, TJ Smith. Sticking with the defense. TJ Smith, who I mentioned in the last segment, who is the only guy in the secondary that comes back with the safeties, who comes back, who has played for K-State. He has started multiple, he started more than 10 games. He had a couple of interceptions last year. I think people forget that about his ability to make offenses turn over the football, being in the right places, reading the offense, uh, assignment sound. But we need his leadership to certainly step up this season with the lack of K-State experience that's going to be playing this season. But we talked about depth earlier, but I think T.J. Smith is really important. Very important. He's been really good when he plays. Uh, let's see. We're, at, we're halfway through. Number five. Number five. Guys, this is my breakout player of the year. Breakout. He's going to be big. Nate Matlack. Not Matlock. Matlack. Thank goodness it's not Matlock. I almost wanted to ask a question today uh, for Coach if uh, if he's able to juggle being a football player and a lawyer <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> And a detective. <laughs> I would have got a great laugh <laughs> at the press conference. <laughs> that would have been really It's funny. in my mind every time when oh. Coach says Matlock. You, pro- you probably would have had the, the look like showed up in the, in the Twitter feeds already this <laughs> afternoon from Fitz, for one. Well, that would have been really funny. So <laughs> I, I call him the breakout, and it's, I, I think you could almost call him a breakout player last year, but I'm talking for a full season. Yeah, baby. Because his tremendous play last year at defensive end on the left side, opposite of Felix Andy DK Uzama, was in the second half of the season, where he ended up being second on the team. I believe he was second on the team in sacks last year. He had three and a half, but he also he forced a fumble. He broke uh, up a he broke up a couple of passes, knocked down a couple of passes. And he was just getting started, it felt mm-hmm. like. Just getting started through those six games in the year. Imagine that kind of production through 12 and 13. Ooh. Or 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Nate Matlack is going to be the the beep. He's going to be the beep. <laughs> Matt's going on his shirt. Yeah, he's going to be the beep, dude. Oh, that's good. But the uncensored emoji, or the censored emoji right there, that's, you know, he's going to be the, <clears throat> stamp but it. When teams are putting together the scout report and the game plan, they know, they already know about Felix, and I'm sure they're, they're going to be aware of Nate. But imagine if both sides, when you have Nate and King Felix on the field at the same time, Whew. just how crazy good that's going to be. Yeah. Just imagine that because, again, Nate was just getting started last year, full season this year, being most likely the starter on the left side of the defensive in position. Number four. Let's jump back to the offense. Number four is Cooper Beebe. You're talking about the leader. You're talking about the anchor. You're talking about an all-American candidate. He is a future first couple of rounds of the NFL draft type of pick. Mm -hmm. Cooper is about to have his best season. Mm -hmm. In a year where he's going to switch over, mostly for the majority of the time, at uh, left guard, where he does feel like he's more of a natural at the guard position, moving from tangle to guard. But there's a good chance a lot of the time he's going to have a retro freshman on his hip at left tackle in Andrew Line Gang. There's a good chance of that. 
And so not only is he going to move over to a different position, he's going to be the best defensive or offensive lineman for K-State. That left side of the line has been really good through the whole time Chris Kleiman has been here. But he's going to be a mentor now. Team captain, mentor, and the offensive line, in my opinion, is the most important unit on a football team. And when you have a leader like that, I have a tough time seeing this offensive line being phenomenal without him. Right. And what – I mean, depth there too. And looking at him, he's gone – he's come so far from early in his career. I'm just so like – it's like weird to say, but like proud of this guy. He, he's a, he is an anchor for the football team, not just that unit, but everybody. Number three. So we know who my last three are going to be. You want to take a guess in order of who it is? Who's number three? Adrian Martinez. Felix and Yudike Uzama. It's King Felix. No! King Felix is number three. Mm -hmm. These last three I don't need to explain, do I? Yeah, I think we kind of know. Number three is King Felix. Number two. Number two is... Adrian Martinez. Deuce Vaughn. Ah! Okay. It is Deuce Vaughn. Number one is... Number one. Wait, I know. Go ahead. Uh, Sammy Wheeler. Ben Sennett. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to both of them. Where's the buzzer when you need it? (laughs) No, uh, Adrian Adrian is obvious. Quarterback. Mm -hmm. His only year, clearly an important position... He's, he is a team captain for his one and only year. He's going to be a one-hit wonder and a fantastic one-hit wonder. I'm yes. talking informer by snow one-hit wonder. <laughs> but we know that there is a bit of a – of all the records he has set at Nebraska, uh-huh. there is a blemish, the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty crucial to clean something like that up. And Coach said earlier today that, yeah, he's made mistakes, but he's grown from those mistakes. I'm totally fine with mistakes happening. As long as he's learning from them. That is a gigantic question mark. And we're only going to see it happen. We're only going to get the answer when it unfolds on the playing field. Is that issue cleaned up? Mm. Can the change in offensive line, change a team, of course, but change in offensive line doesn't have that crappy Nebraska offensive line, that crappy losing culture up north in Lincoln. That's gone. These changes, not only with him, but around him. Does that make the difference? We'll find out, but it is very crucial. That is extremely crucial to tell us if this team is going to make it to Arlington. That's going to be a pretty big if. God, I'm so excited, man. Oh, my God. And so he's ready to roll, too, right? Like his shoulder is, like, fantastic. I mean, as far as I know, the whole team is ready to go. Yeah, baby. But it was it was interesting to hear coach talk about the approach in camp and what they did to address what he essentially labeled as soft tissue injuries and then coming out of it and it and it's the the soundbite you'll hear in the sportscast even talking about how it really is effectively the the least injured best shape they've come out of a camp since he's been here you never stop learning, do you? Even after all these years. Mm-hmm. How many how many times last year did Nebraska lose by a possession? Oh, and Nebraska has had chances to win those games, yes. and there has been mistakes made that cost them games. And yes, Adrian has been involved in some of those mistakes. So K State is at times going to be involved 
in those situations. One score game, a chance to win, does he come through? Is the ball taken care of? Is the right decisions made? Or are we taking gambles? If we learn from our past mistakes, and as a fifth-year fifth year senior <laughs> comes in and does the right things and proves early that he is the man, that he is not taking those gambles that are unnecessary, it just takes care of the football. And I'm sorry, Adrian. I just I fully believe in you. And I know it's not every turnover was your fault. No. And for a quarterback, it never is. Not every turnover is your fault. There's a lot of times that we we want to blame the quarterback, but it's not always their fault. Tell, tell it to an offensive coordinator in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> or the fan base. <laughs> but one way to really shut us up. Don't turn it over. First couple of weeks. You throw for like eight touchdowns and no picks. Yeah, baby. That <laughs> wins over South Dakota and Mizzou. Yeah. Eight touchdowns, no picks. Dude, you come and out six and six of them to deuce. You beat, you beat Mizzou in in week two, and I mean you're gonna be on the nice that nice ride. The honeymoon is gonna be extended a little bit, but you just wonder when everything's going right. I think it's like no 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 problem, right? But when there's a missed block here or there. Maybe a receiver runs the wrong route, and he's back there. Do we get the old Nebraska Adrian who thinks he has to do it? He has to do everything himself, or do we get a guy who's like, "I got Deuce Vaughn. I've got weapons as well on the outside that I can use." Yeah, I don't have to do it myself. Another difference is, yes, Adrian shouldn't have to do as much as he did in Nebraska here mm-hmm. at K State. Mm-hmm. A lot of the weight that he had there. It's going to be – some of that weight's going to go on other guys' shoulders, like Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is going to carry some of that load for sure. The wide receivers are going to help him out. And, of course, the offensive line. The for offensive sure. line is way – that's the big difference. Yeah. Is extremely better mm-hmm. than what he had at Nebraska. All right, we need to take a break. We're going to hear from uh, our D.C., Joe Klanerman. He was with the media. We'll hear that next. Back to the game to finish Hour 1. Joe Klanerman, defensive coordinator for K-State with the media. What's impressed you the most so far? I think uh, the speed with which we're playing right now, uh, defensively, really both sides of the ball. The competition has been phenomenal, but the speed that we're playing, we've never played this speed in practice in fall camp. Um, and, you know, part of it uh, a year ago may have been because of the newness of the system. Um, Part of it may have been personnel, but right now I think guys are playing fast and confident, and I'm excited about it. What are you seeing from Deuce Green? Oh, he's, he's been outstanding. He's been uh, a leader as we thought he might be. You know, I think sometimes when guys get in that role, they feel comfortable, and I don't, I don't get that sense from him. I, I feel like every day he's still trying to achieve. He's still playing physical. He's not, you know, um, slowing down on things that maybe sometimes guys get that uh, entitlement feeling. I don't He doesn't have that. Uh, that's what impresses me about him. He's to that stage, and he's still pushing himself. I feel like you're figuring out the safety position. Yeah, we've got a lot of competition in that room that's going to continue throughout the year, but it's really uh, going to continue certainly up in South Dakota. Um, you know, we've got, uh, I mean, I, I feel like we've struck gold with Drake Cheatham, uh, Josh Hayes, Kobe Savage has three transfers that are that are all very, very much in the mix. And, um, you know, obviously with T.J. Smith and Sincere Mason, Hunter Henry, some of these guys that have been in the program, I think we're, we've got some depth there that we haven't had. 
Coach, talk about this is as fast you feel like you played. Does that just have to do with the comfort comfortability in the system, or do you, like you mentioned, personnel? What between those two, which, which would you say? I think it's I think it's two. I think I think uh, three threefold. I think personnel is one thing. I think we're just more athletic than what we've been, uh, particularly in the back seven. I think secondly, you bet it's it's a comfort level with the system and and what we're doing. I think we've streamlined that somewhat. You know, a year ago at this time, you got to remember. We were still transitioning from four down to three down. You know, I, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but you know, when we went into Stanford, we were all in on the uh, three down stuff. But man, if that stuff wasn't working, we were going right back to, to what we'd been. We had that grease stuff ready to go too. You know, we don't. We're, we're all in on what we're doing right now. In fact, that's evolved a little bit. And then the third thing, I think the the unforeseen thing is, I think guys are playing smart situational football. And one of the things I really appreciate about Coach Kleiman, he's going to put us in two-minute situations, four-minute situations, backed up, you know, third down of all varieties, you know, just a bunch of different game situations that I think our guys really understand and maybe in the past haven't understood to that degree. What have you seen from Josh Hayes? I know you had a chance to work with him when you're at North Dakota State. Yeah. Now that he's here, how have you seen him grow as a player? Well, I've seen him grow as a leader. I've seen him, see, uh, I mean, I, I think unquestionably he's one of the guys, uh, strongest voices in the defensive room, even though he's not a, not a loud talker. I think he's unquestionably one of the, uh, one of the strongest uh, souls we have in there he is um you know we, we started him out at corner because that's what he played at north dakota state and we're going to use him as a free safety because some of the skill sets that that guy needs to have are are nickel type skill sets and that's probably where he you know where he best fits you know somebody that's physical enough to be in the run fit and do those things but still somebody that can play man coverage in the slot and i think that's where uh, where he really excels he's he's, he's i'm excited about josh what do you think uh, kobe was able to hit the ground running here well, I think part of it is part of the reason why we recruited him is because he's a football junkie. Uh, I, I, there's a group of about four guys that are in my office all of the time. And I say all the time. I mean, they're in there more than I'm in there. And he's one of those guys just always wanting to know about ball. Always, there's nothing that he doesn't know, but I think he's trying to get it to the point where he, he can't get anything wrong. And I think that that's what's pushing him forward a little bit. He plays so hard. And he's, he's super intelligent and kind of like we were talking about Deuce. I don't think he's satisfied with where he is or satisfied that he might be uh, a guy that plays significantly for us. He wants to be the best in the Big 12, and I think he's on his way. Is that four down still a option? Should be a situation like uh, we, we have the ability to do it, yep. We certainly have the personnel to do it, particularly at an end. I think that's a really crowded room for us right now. As far as uh, guys that have ability, you know, everybody knows about Felix and, and Nate and Jalen Pickle and those guys because they've played a lot. but. Guys like Brendan Mott have come on, you know, uh, Cody Stuffelbean have come on. I mean, guys that maybe we didn't anticipate playing at the level that they're playing at are, are phenomenal right now. And so uh, we're going to try to find ways to get our best people on the field. I'll just say that. Are you as comfortable with the depth on the interior of the defensive lines you were last year? You know, last year I felt like we had a little bit more proven depth because Tim Horn had played some, you know, where he was coming from. You know, now it's a little bit more unproven in that uh, obviously D. Hintz has played in games. You know, everybody knows about Eli Huggins. I feel like he's the best in the league. Uh, D. Hintz has played in, in games. I feel really good about him. Now, what's behind him? You know, Damian Ilalio and Uso, those guys are really good players with very bright futures, but we haven't seen them in, a, in the heat. So we'll see how that uh, plays out over the first few weeks of the season. Last year, you gave up the fewest points of any K-State team since 2003. And statistically, you did the same in several other categories. Can this defense be even better this year? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, we are, you know, we look at that, and, and we as coaches see a bunch of missed opportunities. We won games last year and played well on defense because we played really hard. 
we weren't right a whole lot. I mean, we, we still had a lot to learn. I think even as coaches, I think there were things that we didn't do correctly. And uh, in, in reflecting on that throughout the spring, throughout the summer, I think the only way to go is up. Mission Drake, what, what, what has he done that's going to really stand out for you? Drake is one of the most intelligent football players I've ever been around. Super instinctive. You know, another one of those guys that's in the office all of the time. You know, another one of those guys that's just a football junkie and loves it. He's physical. He can play man coverage. He plays good visual zones. I mean, he, there's not a skill set that he can't do. He's a great leader, a great communicator. I mean, he just, what a slam dunk for us to, to get him. Are there any offensive players that have kind of given you fits in the past few weeks that maybe you didn't foresee coming in? Uh, I don't know. This, this new kid Martinez isn't that bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, we're, I think we're getting a lot better up front. You know, I think that's, uh, that's evident. Um, you know, um, of course, you know, uh, the, the usual suspects of Deuce and Phil and Malik Knowles and I mean yeah they, they've got some they've got some issues I, I, I've been really impressed you know you'd have to ask Colin about this but I've been really impressed with DJ Giddens I think he's running hard and doing a lot of good things and it's good to see some of these young guys stepping up there you have it the defensive coordinator for K-State Joe Klanerman just more clarification about that depth that we were talking about earlier I, I don't know if I there's so many names that have been thrown out there defensively that could see some playing time this year that I forget to mention some like Drake Cheatham, who could very well be the new Reggie Stubblefield, who will play some safety this year. And I say Reggie Stubblefield because of the position, and he also happens to be from Prairie View. Um, when we come back, hour two of the game, Chris Kleiman, press conference highlights, plus Texas Tech football preview is coming up.